Welcome, guys, to the second episode of the Kansas City Report. My name is Christian Martinez, back again. We got a lovely guest today, Meg White from Women's Soccer. Ford, correct? Junior mm-hmm. Ford. Perfect. Well, how are you? How are you doing? I'm having a wonderful day. It's been a busy day, but it's been great. Perfect. Well, we're going to open up the show with women's soccer, as you guys have been doing pretty well this season in terms of just what's been going on. But first, I want to talk about you, because I think our listeners should know more about our players. And let's just talk about where you came from. So what school did you graduate again? So I am from Ankeny, Iowa, and Mm -hmm. I graduated from Ankeny Centennial High School. Yeah, and I'm just looking at this your stats here. I mean, you played under Coach Chris Allen, right? I did, indeed. And that soccer program is near and dear to my heart. TFP forever, that's our motto. And, yeah, I loved my time there. And you earned first-team all-conference honors, first-team academic all-state honoree, team captain. Wow. Indeed. And my favorite part about that was that I got to be team captain with two of my best friends in my whole life so that was such an awesome experience tell me a little bit more about you know just kind of growing as a soccer player in high school do you what was that like was it a little difficult than people assume or is it like just kind of a growing pain as every sport I'm assuming is yeah I mean it's definitely a big time commitment like my senior year I only went to one football game and that was only because I was on homecoming court because (laughs) I had club soccer all of fall, and we were traveling all around the Midwest or even to, you know, the coast to play games. So it's definitely a time commitment, but I enjoyed every second, and my my teammates were my best friends, so it was basically just like hanging out with my friends all the time. Do you still talk to uh, Coach Allen sometimes, kind of like a, as a mentor type deal? Yeah, I do. Um I talk to him when I'm, I don't know, need advice. Or my club coach, uh, Daryl Brazo, I talk to him a lot too if I need advice with leadership and stuff like that. Now I'm looking here. So you're obviously from Iowa. Mm-hmm. You're, both your parents went to the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. So they're Hawkeye fans, I'm assuming, right? Indeed, they are. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. I see. <laughs> um, did your parents really kind of push you to go into sports, or is that more of like uh, you really wanted to play soccer? Yeah, it was mostly me. My parents have always been supportive of anything I've wanted to do. And really from the jump, I would say my brother got me more into soccer. Like he would always play when uh when I was growing up and then that got me into it and then eventually he quit when I was in like middle school and then by the time he was he had stopped playing for a couple years. And then he saw me playing, and then I got him back into it. So it's kind of like a family endeavor, and yeah. Who'd you grow up watching a lot in in soccer, you know? I would say the USWNT was my biggest. They're uh, great. I was was a fangirl. Like, I can remember the 2015 World Cup specifically, like, all my teammates, like, around this TV, we had all our red, white, and blue on, and... Oh, those are those are the best memories of like watching the World Cup and hopefully we've got another star coming in four years. Yeah, real quick, who's your favorite player on the twenty fifteen squad? Ooh. Twenty fifteen. I really liked mm, I'm gonna say Chris and Press. 
Really? Because she was a great, she's a great forward. She's super, like, mobile and I don't know. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I I was watching him a lot when I was a kid. Uh, but Hope Solo for me, mm. goalkeeper. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I played goalie when I was in middle go. school and ugh, she was a, she was huge yeah for me all right now just talking about this season in general tell me a little bit about some of the games you played because you guys just played KU if I'm not mistaken right we did how was how was that game how'd it go I wish that game could have lasted for four hours <laughs> I, I was having so much fun during that game I was literally about to pass out like four different times because I was yelling like supporting my teammates so much and just the energy was unmatched like just because I feel like that was the first time we've played them the past two years as well I feel like that was the first time where we really wholeheartedly believed that we were gonna win that game Mm -hmm. and we ended up tying and I'm still proud of our performance but I think I think if you ask any one of us we would say that we could have won that game. And regardless, it was just a super fun experience to be a part of. And there was a great crowd. And, yeah, that was an awesome experience. Yeah, because, uh, sorry, I just checked my phone. And uh, side note for the podcast, Chris Jones just signed back with the Chiefs. So we'll talk more about Shut up. Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry, guys. We're going to talk about this real quick. Oh, my god! Because he just signed a deal. It's a one-year deal. And so he's back with the team, and apparently he should be back this upcoming week. Oh, my god! I know. I know. It's scared. <gasps> oh. It scared me. Oh, my God. Dude, that's awesome. Okay. Good, good. I'm glad we broke this news with you. Yes. Um, So I'm looking at some of the, the games. I mean, UIC, you guys tied as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the games you guys have played have been really close. I mean, you guys opened a match with mm-hmm. Lindenwood 2-1. Iowa. You know, you guys have played two goals, but still close. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, St. Louis was kind of a really, you know, back to earth type deal. Yes. I yeah. Um, but what has Coach really done just to kind of bring you guys into that mentality of, okay, we're going to continue to fight. We're going to keep going, even mm-hmm. even though you know losing zero eight is hard. You guys still came back strong and still showed that fight in and out. So what has Coach yeah. done to really push that? I mean, I think with the St. Louis game, we real I mean, we know they're a great team and you know, they'll they'll finish very high in the nation this year, but we during that game, we were not playing our best, but we were making sure that we maintained the effort that we were that we hold ourselves to and that's our biggest thing always is we we grade ourselves on the EP scale which is effort and performance so your effort sometimes might be high but your performance might not be that great sometimes you can't necessarily control that but we're trying to raise our E so that we can eventually raise our P yes that's right so yeah and just a little bit more you know you guys are going on to face on Thursday, Southern Indiana. Then you guys face Tulsa on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then Summer League comes up. So what do you think is the focus on just for the team these next two games in preparation for this gauntlet of Summer League matches? These next two games I am so excited for. I think 
the opponents that we're going to face are beatable and I I more than that I just feel like our team has never felt this confident in our ability and and our standard we to go into that Thursday match versus Southern Indiana at home I'm just I can't I'm so excited and I I'm so excited to just keep moving forward with these girls because we've really found a rhythm and Mm -hmm. I love our formation and I love the tactics that we're you know trying to implement and I I'm just so excited to keep growing with them what have you guys done to really increase that chemistry within each other because you know I say this all the time every sport is about relying on your teammates it's not you can't just simply go onto the field and say mm-hmm. i got this i can do this by myself so what have you done or what has coach done or just players in general what have you guys done to really kind of improve that chemistry as the season continues yeah i would say i mean we put a lot of effort into this area off the field so we really make sure in the off season i mean we spend a lot of time together like even though we're spending less time together on on the field and like this summer we've made efforts to get everyone here earlier Mm -hmm. so that we can start creating a chemistry like playing pickup or running with our strength coach and those are the types of things like when you're dying on a track (laughs) in 90 degree weather when probably the rest of the teenage girls in the world are like sitting at a pool somewhere it kind of just bonds you together for life and I mean I I love this team more than anything and I love the girls that are on it and I love that I can say that (laughs) because on the field it makes me feel so comfortable to be able to hold someone accountable and be like hey like this has to be faster or play this ball next time and they know I'm not saying hey you're a terrible soccer player I'm saying (laughs) hey this is how I think we can get better and they are going to take that in the right way because we built that relationship speaking of players so I'm looking right now at some of the stats Riley Moore goalie oh my goodness Riley has been on a tear I know 35 saves I mean a 0.729 save percentage what have you seen from Riley that really, you know, besides the stats, what have you seen on the field that's really kind of make her set apart in terms of the Summit League? Because she's one of the best goalies right now yeah. in the league. Yeah. I think with Riley, she is always so locked in. And in that, like, not just on the field. She is there when we have 6 a.m. practices – she arrives to the facility at 5 a.m. because she has to stretch and, you know, get with our trainer and prepare so that she is best ready for practice and to be her best self. And she shows up to games. Like, I was leaving the facility to go home and then come back, and she was already at our locker room for the game. So she, I think for her, just the dedication – that she's put to, you know, preparing herself to perform her best has really helped her this season. And Brianna Castleberry also. Brianna, she's done really well this season as well. Even uh, Kata Kamol's right. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that name right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they both have been doing really well in terms of just 
performance. Mm-hmm. Are you guys really, you know, kind of relying on them to, you know, offensively make things happen? Is there, do you feel like they have that expectation on their shoulders? Or are you guys trying to like, you know, trying to get that weight off of them so then they can have a more cruisable game? Yeah, I mean, I think we have belief in them just because they've shown us time and time again like either in the in a game or during practice that they can produce and I think you know without us putting any pressure on themselves they want to perform enough like just for themselves and for the team but um I mean they're incredible and we know I mean I I always have so much faith with them on the field that they're going to make something happen. And if regardless of performance, work hard and press hard. So. All right, real quick. And some other questions I have is that, is the life as an athlete pretty hard when it comes to like, you're doing school, got to be on the field as well. Have you had those moments where you're thinking about, man, I, this is, this is getting a little tricky, huh? More than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, the first two weeks of the semester were brutal. Jeez. Like, we were on the road back to back to back. So, we, the first two weeks, we went to school for three days total. Wow. And that was really difficult to try to, you know, talk to your professors and like make things up or get, watch the lectures retroactively. And it was just, a lot to like kind of we had to rely on each other and like motivate each other especially like on the road like hey let's go study together or you know try to stay focused on things because really you don't want to focus on school when you're in like Colorado Springs you want right. to go for a walk or I don't know but I don't know it's it's also hard like really a lot of us would just love to play soccer all the time and <laughs> As much as I love school and I do love my major, soccer is really fun. So. I was gonna say which one of you, which one of your teammates is probably the most studious or the one who's always, you know, mm. if it's not soccer, she's on, she's reading books. I would say Anna Jennings. Really? Yes. Anna. That woman is so dedicated to her studies, and it's paying off for her. I, she's pursuing a career in physical therapy. Wow. So she is looking to graduate this year, and I'm sure will be so successful at the next level. I was going to say, when you guys travel, do you have like some teammates who are just like, let's go, let's go enjoy the night out here in, uh, you know, for example, I, I'm assuming you guys go everywhere in the country, but uh, do you guys sometimes are like, hmm, let's relax a little bit today because you know what, we got a soccer game, we done, we've done at least all the homework we've had to, we had to do. Yeah. Uh, what which teammates usually are the ones who are like, oh, let's go here, let's go there. <laughs> I would say there's usually a core group that's always, like, if it's nighttime, they're Google, they're searching on Google Maps, nearest ice cream, and then, (laughs) and then they kind of, you know, get a group and everyone basically says, okay, let's go get ice cream. Or in the morning, I cannot remember an away trip where we did not walk to the nearest Starbucks. (laughs) Or, I mean, that is a, that is a key to our away trips so yeah well my last question is you know what should you what should fans expect going forward in terms of this soccer team what should fans expect for this upcoming home game what should they expect for the 
upcoming Summer League matches? I would say fans should expect to come watch a team that is absolutely going to outgrit their opponent no matter who they are. I think we are going to work hard and press hard no matter what our opposition gives us. And that just makes me so excited. And they're going to come see a team that truly loves the process and loves being with each other. And I think that's a really fun team to watch. Well, I'm so happy I got to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Meg, for coming in. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Rue News, the student-led newspaper that covers all things UMKC and Kansas City. To read more on the latest going on around Volker Campus, go to kcruenews.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with a cross-country runner, Jerry Alderson. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So, yeah, I was, as I heard a little bit ago, uh, is this your first season here with the Roos? Yes, it is. Yeah. Nice. So tell me a little bit about just yourself. Where are you from? Um, I'm from Salina, Kansas. I actually live a little bit outside of town, so small area, but um, it's really fun out there. Um, I went to Southeast Saline High School. Nice. That's in Gypsum, a really small area. So yeah, I was gonna say, Kansas, look, Salina, can't Salina, Kansas, right? Am yes. I saying it right? What brought you here to UMKC? Um, so last year I actually attended Pitt State University. Pitt State, um, wow. Yeah, and that just really, it wasn't for me. Um, I thought it was going to be, but it just wasn't for me. And so I just, I was looking around a lot, and I talked with Coach Mitchell. And just the way he talked to me and the way we worked through things um, this summer, I was just ready to move on and make a decision, and UMKC it was. Are you adjusting to life in KC? I know it's, you know a big city bustling city but have you been adjusting to it yes it's actually a lot of fun and just getting to walk outside and take my dog wherever instead of hitting a dirt road it's pretty <laughs> nice oh my, yeah i know the driving here can be a little you know iffy, it's a little scary <laughs> it is especially when you live like for example i'm from kc but my i have like my, my uncle who lives out in the middle of nowhere in kansas he, when i used to drive there all the time it's like so calming so peaceful it is the, very peaceful and then you come here and it's like you got to stay on high alert 24-7. Yeah, everyone's honking. I, the first day I was here, I think I had like four people honk at me. Oh, jeez. And that's like the most I've ever been honked at in my life. And you know, there's always that stereotype of like how the way Midwesterns communicate when they drive. They're like, well, you go first. You go first. Or they're so nice. It's not like that. No, You're it's not. You kind of have to be aggressive here. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, don't remind me. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. first driving. It's just like, it's, it's just scary. It is. Um, But tell me a little bit more about just cross country because a lot of people have this notion of like you know what is cross country what what so because i've even had this in high school when i used to cover uh cross country for them when i started as a freshman you know everyone got to confuse the track and field so for those who out there who may not know what is what is cross country in general is it more just like it's it's an endurance kind of yes situation yeah. it's all mileage so our races as females, we run either a 5K or a 6K, 6K in college, which is three miles or just over 3.6 or 3.7 miles. Um, so it is endurance. It's not like a 100-meter sprint or anything. Right. And you also don't run on a track for cross country. Um, it's grass. There's hills. There's dirt. Um, believe it or not, like there are some 
you'll be hitting girls like with your elbows. It's very intense. It's kind of contacty. Like at the beginning, there's a lot of people are ramming elbows and Jeez. you're driving up hills, you know. It's actually a lot of fun, though. And I was going to say, so you guys haven't won me and you haven't uh, you haven't ran yet. But tell me a little bit about what's going on within just the chemistry of the team. Is there are there things you guys are doing to kind of really just build up that um, chemistry and development within one another? Or is it more like is it an individual thing or is it more of a team thing? Tell me a little bit more. About so this team is pretty much brand new. Um Last year, there wasn't much of a team, and so all the girls here are pretty much brand new. There are a few people who were here last year, but we have a lot of freshmen here, some transfers, and so we're all just meeting each other, learning to work together. Um, but so far, it's gone so great. Um, we're really just working together to help each other grow, and when you first start running, it's really hard to kind of figure out the sport. Um, it is a hard sport, and like mentally, it is very taxing, and so just trying to get all the girls on the same page um, to just be able to do our best is really what we're focusing on right now. Um, we're really just wanting to build the team, and then we're going to focus on getting better after all of us um, kind of have our head in it. So, Right. So you guys had your first meet where you guys faced off against, like, Kansas, K-State, or Roberts. Is it kind of – is it a little scary when you face off against, like, you know, like, a, like for example – Men's basketball plays KU, and I'm only and I can only imagine what that's going to be like playing against some of the, like the best players in the nation. Is there like that fear of like okay, I'm playing against like people who might be who are playing in a different conference or or have been doing this for a longer time? Is there is there always that fear when you're running, or are you more like I'm gonna stay focused, do this one at a time? So when it comes to like racing against people who are known as like the bigger schools or the better schools, I really just use it as motivation. Um, like I said, I did go to Pitt State last year, which was D2. Um, so coming out of high school, um, a lot of people expected me to go D1, but I really wanted to go D2 and show people that um, just because you go to a smaller school or a D2 school doesn't um, affect how you perform. Um, so I was able to go D2 last year, and um, my times were actually a lot better than a lot of the KU, K-State. So it, it's just a it's an eye-opener that – we can step on the line as a smaller school, and we can still compete with them. We can compete against them. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Like we're we're all able to compete against each other, no matter where we come from. Where did you find your your love for running? Because I know for a lot of people, you know, their love for something comes from different places. For me, you know, sports journalism it came from you know just being around people who did it for a living. So where did where did it come for you? Really? Um, so I started in seventh grade. Um, my mom told me that the only way I can quit gymnastics is to start another sport. And so she was like, just try cross country. That first practice was probably the worst moment of my life. It was <laughs> terrible. I finished practice. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Um, but as the time got on and I kind of learned how to run, it was almost as like a stress reliever. Um, when I would get stressed out, I would go for a run and you maybe during the run, it doesn't feel too great. But afterwards, you just get this like rush of um, endorphins and it's like the best feeling ever. And so I'm kind of addicted to running, I guess you could say. <laughs> wow. It's it's amazing. Do you have a favorite place that you ran before? Is there is there a place that kind of holds dear to your heart? I would definitely just say the dirt roads. 
it's hard to do that here in Kansas City. Like, I haven't been able to do that yet, but that's kind of where it all started for me. I was able, like in high school, we ran on the dirt roads. So really any dirt roads, um, just looking at nature, there's normally there's cows and horses where I'm from. So <laughs> I just love to hit the dirt roads, a long run on the dirt roads. It just doesn't compare. I was going to say, did you live like near a farm or at a farm? Or you... Yeah, there were a lot of farms around where I lived, yeah. Oh, man. So you must have had some great places to run over there. Very pretty. Very hilly, but very pretty. So tell me a little bit more just like the dieting, because I know that like, you know, every sport has a different way of eating. For cross country, are you guys eating more? Are you guys eating less? Are you guys eating more of a protein balance, protein, you know, focused diet or whatnot? Um, It really depends per person. For me, um, I really just eat how I'm feeling. Um, I definitely eat a lot of carbs. I'm a big bread eater. I love my oh, toast. Man. I love sandwiches, like Subway sandwiches. Great. So lots of carbs, I would say, but we all really eat different, no specific way. Um, I would say we are higher in calorie just because we are running a lot. I mean, cross-country runners, were, for our long runs, we're running between 10 and 12 miles. So Good grief. definitely a lot of carbs to keep that energy high. So, yeah, and then just back to the team real quick. What has kind of been the focus during practice? Are you guys, again, trying to, like, new tactics or new ways of, you know, kind of gaining, getting a shorter shorter run time? Or is there more of a, fa- pra- like, you know, just keeping consistency? Like, what is usually the focus on practices? Um, so they're all a little different because we have, like, long run days. We have, um, like, days where we're going to run long mileage but a lot quicker. And there's other days where we're focusing on hills. So it's very... Um, it's just different day to day, but like right now, our main focus in practice is just getting everyone like on the same page. We're all learning to encourage each other just because we've never ran together. All these people are brand new. And so right now our, our big focus when we're practicing is just, um, encouraging everyone, getting everyone on the same page and making everyone stronger, um, physically and mentally. I was going to say, yeah. So new team, it sounds like, what have you done to really kind of get to know your teammates? So we have had some team bonding um, after, I think it was our first long run, we went out to lunch, we went to fir- or breakfast after our long run. We all run like 10 miles and then we went and got first watch. It may have been a hill run, I can't really remember, but we went and ate a great breakfast and that was just a lot of fun. Um, I had some girls come over to my place to watch the first uh, Chiefs game nice. and I just made some food. So we're all getting to know each other on a non-athletic point. Um, like we get to know each other through breakfast and meeting up for the game rather than just during runs, but also during runs, we're able to just talk and get to know each other, um, through a personal standpoint, but also an athlete standpoint. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say to me, like I always, I tell this to everyone who usually plays sports or wants to play sports. It's all about having that, uh, trust in one another, because again, if you don't trust your teammate, that's, that can be a really hard thing. But um, my next question for you as well is, are you the kind of person to listen to music when you're running or are you more of a enjoy the sounds of nature? I I love listening to music. The faster the music is going, the faster normally I'll run. And so at the beginning of my runs, I try to listen to slow, calm music. But Mm -hmm. by the end, I'm listening to some music that's really pumped up and it just gets me going. What three songs would you say are the perfect running songs for you? I would say I don't really have favorites. I can go from like. I would say at the beginning of runs, I like to listen to, like, Zach Bryan. Nice. It's just calm. It gets you through it. 
I'm also a big worship music. I love listening to worship music. Um, it just keeps me like engaged. Um, by the end, maybe some Taylor Swift or something like that. <laughs> That's good. Just gets me going. I know for a lot of people, they have different ways of motivating themselves to run. Um, so it's always great to ask someone from cross country, like, what is your what is your motivation? What pushes you? Um, speaking of which, yeah, what would what would you say pushes you on when you're running? Like, what's your kind of what are you focused on mentally to really push you to go forward because again those are long runs and for some people like myself I don't think I can even get get to at least two miles so what is that motivation for you um so it really I struggled to find my motivation for a while um I would say like my junior year um, of high school is where I really started focusing on like what's my motivation what like what's my why like why am I doing this um and I really just thought about, like, the gift that I was given. Um, there are people all over the world who would love to be able to go out and go for a run. Like, there's many people with disabilities and that don't even have the opportunity to use the ability to run. And, like, God gave me this gift, and I'm going to use it to the best of my abilities. And just think about everyone else who would love to be where you're at and we're given all these opportunities it's just up to us if we want to use the opportunities that we are given now real quick i want to talk about more just your major what are you majoring in here at umkc health science health science <laughs> yes. what got you into health science uh, uh, in general i love like exercise and health and nutrition i just love it all and i'd really like to learn the best ways um, that i can keep like myself healthy but i also want to like be able to teach other people on like the importance of being healthy, but also making it fun. Like it can be so fun to be healthy and to exercise. And I just want to show people that it's actually like a really fun thing. And it truly helps like your mental health, your physical health um, when being active. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm at Tuesday right now. And it's like I have my own PT and it just feels so different when you're like, when you've stayed stagnant for so long and then you go to work out, it just it unlocks something new in your brain that just is super super duper satisfying yeah like you walk out of that gym and you're just walking on clouds i know and especially when you're listening to music that kind of yes. soothes you down it, it's amazing like, it's amazing what exercise can do for you i know like for me listening to brooks and dunn after a workout is the best feeling ever yeah the, another person i love to listen to is david goggins he has some amazing there some can be a little harsh but some amazing things to just like take into account when you're exercising it's it's awesome oh that's awesome um my last kind of question for you and I asked Meg this who's on my show prior what what is the life like for like you know a college athlete especially because a lot of people think you know oh they get away with everything they get to not be in they, they don't get to be in class they don't they get away with all this and that but I feel like that's a misconception because you know I'm I'm guessing and based on what I've heard it's a little tricky so for you what is that balance like um, it actually is very, very difficult. Like I definitely disagree with the people who like think it's easy and we get away with stuff just because um, it is a great experience. We get to experience things that normal students don't get to experience, which is amazing. But it also comes with difficulties. Um, like we're waking up at 5 a.m. because we have 6.30 a.m. practice, um, which happens to be 20 minutes away for us and 20 minutes back. Um, getting to that 8 a.m. class. Um, we don't get to wake up at 7.30 and get to that 8 a.m. class on time. Like, I'm going in sweaty, disgusting, um, spending all day at school, having to practice again, um, and then going to the gym after that, but making sure your nutrition is right and 
you really have to make sure your mental health is on top of it. You really have to take care of all sorts of parts of your body just to be able to perform well and do what you're here to do. And real quick, what is your way of battling kind of like helping yourself out mental health wise? Is there something you're doing at home or something you're doing, you know, during during classes, during practice? What are you, what are you doing to just kind of help with mental health? Because I know that can that is a real thing with athletes and it's something that a lot of athletes kind of have a battle with. Yes. Yeah. So I, I truly think that the mental health side of athletes just isn't talked about enough. Um, last year, I went through a lot mentally. And so being able to go f- grow from that was like the biggest thing that happened to me from last year to this year. I look yeah. back on last year and where I am today is unbelievable. And I know September is like suicide awareness. And I think that really needs to be taken in with student athletes because we are under a lot of pressure and you come here and you you almost feel like you you have to do this thing so perfectly, and if you don't, like maybe your money is going to get taken away, or maybe you're going to get kicked off the team. And so I really just focus to realize that I'm not running, I'm not track and field, I'm not cross country. Like my name is Gentry, and I'm more than what my sport is. And so a big thing that's helped me is um, I started journaling a lot in my phone or I would just get a piece of paper and I would just maybe write down how I'm feeling. Um, And I would just like take a look at that and see what's really bothering me. Like if it was running, like take a step back because I'm not running. I'm gentry and you deserve to be yourself before your sport, you know? And so just take an account that your sport's not you. You're yourself, you know? You got to make sure you're you before you can do better in your sport. I think that's a great way to put it, honestly. Well, we're going to be right back after this short real break, but thank you, Drencher, for coming on. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Rue TV, the broadcast ran by UMKC students for UMKC students. Catch hosts such as Jackson Ogden and Grace Kurtz as they catch you up on anything UMKC related. To watch, go to YouTube.com and look up Rue TV. Welcome back to the show. With me now is the executive producer of Rue TV and a really good friend of mine, a brother from another mother, Jackson Ogden. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it was a tough week um, in Kansas City Athletics. If you're a Chiefs fan, we'll get into that later in the show. But um, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. Fresh week, a lot of opportunities. We're now going to talk about some men's soccer because yep. they had some matches this uh, last couple weeks. Yep, yep. So tell me a little bit more about that. Um, what your what were your thoughts on their recent performances? Yeah, I mean, so going back to Labor Day, they hosted Drake, um, a matchup that they have just for whatever reason. I mean, Drake's a great soccer school for men's soccer. They've been historically pretty good uh, in the last ten fifteen years. Drake had beaten Kansas City eleven consecutive times, including uh, one to nil last season in Kansas City. So it it was just like you know the 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 kid getting picked on it finally got enough right stood up to the bully right um they fell down you know they got up three three nil in the first half and you're just like what is happening uh you know drake came out in a spirited effort in the second half but to hold on and win that game was was really big i mean they hadn't beaten drake since 2009 so, so you think about how many great players came through this program and never got to beat that team it's a big moment for them uh, in that aspect and then i mean on uh this past friday playing a ranked I mean, three, two of their last three teams, two of their last three games have been against number eighteen teams. Number eighteen Missouri State, which they lost one nil, and then number eighteen SIUE, which they had a very impressive draw in. Uh, they got up one nil, and then 
just a crushing penalty in the 86th minute allowed for a PK to ultimately end it in a draw. But still, still a result, and you'll take that versus a ranked opponent. And you know what's funny? You know, last for the last episode, I talked a lot about how the men's soccer team could not get anything going offensively. Mm-hmm. And this is the game they do it. And then one of the guys that I'm just really looking at this season is Julian Lebordo. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm just looking at his stats right now. Fifth, 14 shots, four points, a goal, two assists, has five shots on goal. It's crazy what he's doing this season. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that it doesn't matter where on the field he's at, he will shoot regardless. Like, he, it doesn't matter how far outside the box he is. He's made a, a shot, I believe it was against Drake, outside the box. He was able to kick it in the, the bottom right corner of the net. So he's a threat at all times on the field. Um, also just really explosive, quick player really high IQ um you know sometimes those types of players get a little too aggressive they start shooting you know they get a hot hand you know and they they got to test it out but I feel like Julian uh he's more level-headed he's able to he knows when to take the shot when not to take the shot which is tough when you're you know as skilled and you make you know kind of like curry type shots it's hard to contain yourself sometimes but he's he's done a great job and uh, going back to what you mentioned, Christian, about you know how they weren't able to score first three matches of the year, they put up nothing, uh, and then the Drake match, they put up three in the first half and four total, uh, which was the most they've put up since Ryan Poor became the head coach here. So yeah, and uh, again, and again, it's just we want to see more of that. And we look at how Julian's just performed; he's just wanting to make that shot happen. But the only thing I'm worried about now is again, I said this last week, and I'll say it again: is creating those opportunities right now because that's just becoming a problem for this team and it's something I'm assuming they're going to have to clean up at some point right yeah I mean look non-conference is typically where you see teams work out things right um every year in college it's a new group right you have a completely new group of new set of players um and I think non-con's a good opportunity the exhibition games are a good opportunity to get you know kind of a feel because it doesn't matter how much you practice eventually you know, you've got to go on the pitch and you've got to actually work as a team and work together. And until you've done it, can't really simulate it, you know, until you're playing against another team. And I think that they've, you know, obviously improved. I mean, you take their first game of the year, they lose to Utah Valley 4-0, and you're thinking, oof, you know, that's a tough start to the year. But after that, you know, they've played really, really good soccer. Um, You know, they have a couple more non-con games, and then it's straight to the conference schedule. You know, they play Creighton uh, 7-30 here at Derwood on the 12th uh, before they head uh, on the road to Santa Barbara on Saturday. Uh, so we'll see. And then they come home and play Omaha in St. And, you know, and then you start getting into the summit league, which is obviously where uh, seasons are determined. Yeah. And, and something I'm looking at right now is it does look like the ruse are, or more coach poor is experimenting with this lineup because there's not that many players right now that are over 300 minutes. I mean, obviously Julian is, I'm seeing like, Cole Brevin looks yeah. like he has 430 minutes, which is a, a lot, lot. A lot early on. Edson, you know, Stefano, who's obviously the goalie. He's been sensational. So Stefano, I really he's think, been sensational. is the star of this team. I mean, he had one shutout game. He's been so, so good, which is what made the loss to SIUE so tough is because what happened was uh, Kansas City's up in the 86th minute. A guy on SIUE is going for the goal. And Stefano has to kind of last second run in and kind of slide for the ball. Uh, he got body, and any, anytime you initiate the contact, they're gonna you're gonna get called. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes uh, officials are a little lenient on where you do it if you're a keeper, 
but they ruled it in the box and it led to a PK, which, you know, the best goalkeeper in the world, a PK is almost impossible still. Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation. So, you know, he's been great. That's what just, I think, made that last loss so tough is that he played so phenomenal. And just to, to let him get that at the very end is tough. But this team has shown that they're resilient and that uh, they're pretty focused. I, I don't think that's going to affect them too much. It's crazy because I'm looking at just how he ranks in the Summit League. He has 24 saves. He's nuts. I mean, yeah. he's <laughs> you'd run out of adjectives with the guy. He's he, just been so good. Next in line is St. Thomas with 16. <laughs> yeah. He has eight more saves. He has an eight-save lead over anyone else in the Summit League, and he's second in save percentage uh, right behind, actually, Denver, who's last in saves with 11. So I, I also think that's a big thing about this men's soccer team is they have they have pillars, it seems like. You know, you have a really good – goalkeeper right now who's really that kind of the anchor of the defense at some points and then you have these guys up front who are trying who are trying to make things happen but again I just wonder and I ask you this is a summit league kind of the summit league matches are those going to really show the true colors of the ruse you you bring up Denver and you say well they have the least amount of saves that's a compliment towards Denver that means they're not allowing anybody to even get within the position to save um they're ranked 17th in the country right now at men's soccer there's going to be a two-game stretch where you learn a lot about kansas city and they don't even have to win these games they don't even have to get a result but just to watch them and see how they respond october 2nd they're at number seven louisville that is a huge test and then they turn around that saturday um, and play denver at home number 17 denver as we currently speak so you're going to get to know a lot you bring up summit league but i think those two games specifically you're going to get to know a lot about them again it's not even necessarily if you win those matchups. It's how you look in those matchups. And, yeah, I was going to say, we faced a lot of ranked teams this oh, season. I mean, you've already faced two. You're scheduled to face those two, and you've got to face Denver twice. So you're scheduled for at least five, right, at the moment, five ranked opponents, which is a ton compared to what normally do, is on the slate. Do you personally think ranked teams really make a team stronger? Because you look at – you take it into, like, a college football perspective – you look at, you know, I I know Colorado was going to be good from the from the beginning. But like Colorado first faced a ranked TCU and look what it did for them. There's there's definitely a confidence factor that it can bring you. Um but there's also the opposite. There's also let's say, you know, in college football for example, like you were talking about, Arkansas State plays Oklahoma week 1 loses 73 nothing. What do you take from that? What what could you possibly leave, you know, feeling like? So I do feel like yes, uh, facing a ranked opponent can be a great thing, but you also have to be careful because if you get just completely outclassed, it, it can be a very tough mental block moving forward. Even if it was a great team, it's still hard to lose like that. Um, you know, the you know speaking of the women's team earlier, not that St. Louis was ranked, but when they lost eight nil, that's tough to come back from, man. I, right, just human nature. It's tough to come back from losing a game that badly. There's just yeah, for the games like that, there's just so much that's going on that you know. Obviously, when you face competition that's higher, you really just want to at least make the effort to, you know, make a stand. Um, I'm looking at the standings right now for the Summit League, and we mm-hmm. fir- currently place fourth. You know, obviously Denver's number one. They have a four. They have four wins and two ties. And Oral Roberts is a little closer than we thought. You know, four wins, one loss, one tie. And then we're right there with Omaha right now. If we can get a win, you know, that could very much help us out in rankings and just the standings and right behind us is St. Thomas in Western Illinois. We haven't even gotten a win this season, so we're kind of in the middle of the pack, but I just wonder if we're going to climb up the standings or if we're kind of going to be in the middle of the pack this season. Yeah, I mean, look, it's tough to say before you've played a conference game, right? 
Like, the sky's not falling if you lose a non-conference game, right? I think you go into it, and obviously, yes, you have big matchups immediately. Omaha at home, uh, at St. Thomas. I mean, that those are games that are so important. There's a huge stretch that I was bringing. The, the stretch I talked about with Louisville and um, Denver, you have Oral Roberts directly after that. And then you have Western Illinois at home. That's where the gauntlet kind of starts. Yeah. After Tuesday night's game against Creighton, they have one non-conference game left. After that, it's full-on Summit League battles. And Summit League teams typically get to know each other pretty well throughout the years. They all know each other's styles. It's pretty gritty. It's pretty tough. You see some rough play. That's just what it is. It's like divisions in you know football or you know anytime you're more familiar with an opponent, you're just gonna. It's just gonna be a dogfight. And then real quick, let's do a little preview of Creighton. Right, we're just talking about they play Creighton on September 12th. We're just uh, recording. We're recording on a Monday. Yeah, should be dropping on and uh, should be dropped tonight or at least Tuesday. But they play face Creighton on September 12th, and then they go on to face Santa, Santa Barbara mm-hmm. out there in California, which should be nice for them otherwise. Yeah, hopefully. Who do you see kind of standing, standing out these two games? Who do you want to kind of? perform at another level <laughs> yeah i mean it's got to be you're gonna have to again uh stefano in goal he's gonna have to step up again because the last two times kansas city's faced creighton they've allowed three goals and, and kansas city hasn't beaten creighton since 08 similarly to how they hadn't beat drake since 09 all time kansas city's 213 and one against creighton right you know creighton's got a solid squad creighton normally is top 25 in men's soccer like they're always on the outside or like just inside you know they're not a powerhouse by any means but they are normally a pretty solid squad they're not currently ranked but they are a good team and it's you know if you're Kansas City you're gonna have to at some points in that game there will be points in that game that Creighton is just going to be flat out better get past the defense and it will come down to what Stefano is able to do in the goal I'm looking at Hector honestly yeah he's a guy that I'm also you know he's not playing a lot of minutes but he has two goals. I mean, in 180 minutes, two goals, he has four points tied with Julian. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. So I wonder, I, I really want to see Hector kind of expand his role with the team. I really want to see him continue to make those shots, continue to try to make those um, last-minute efforts. So yeah, that's a guy I'm and looking I, at. And, and one more guy I'll bring up is a true freshman, Bryce Middleton. Mm-hmm. He has wheels. If you go ever, If you're ever in person or you're ever watching at home and you get to watch the Ruse play, he sticks out like a sore thumb how fast he is. He is just blazing down the field. And, you know, he's not, you know, at this point, I don't think he's a consistent starter. I'm pretty sure he's been coming off the, the bench for the most part, but he's getting good minutes. And the minutes he is in, he I, I've really enjoyed what I've seen out of him. I think there's a lot of potential there. And he's a huge, huge speed factor for the Ruse, especially coming off the bench. Yeah, so overall, you know, we'll see how the Ruse perform, but... Hopefully, you get I think, these two wins. Yeah, and I think this has been a solid start to the season. Yes, you you know maybe only have, uh, you know you don't have the record that you maybe wanted coming into the year. Right. But one, two, and two in non-con, not the end of the world. You've been facing some pretty tough, pretty tough opponents, and uh, you know you remember last year Kansas City went into the Summit League tournament out there in uh, Colorado and they had a big upset in the first round. Right. So as long as you can get there, who knows? All right, let's move on to volleyball because yes. my goodness Woo! you know it sucks that they're not undefeated anymore yeah it is what it is they lost but it is what it is you don't usually expect teams to really go undefeated like that but 
the fact that Kansas City has been able to do it is amazing and is something that definitely us as just an organization, you know, Root TV, Root News, we're definitely keeping an eye on. So let's start off with just, you know, their loss. I believe yeah. they lost to uh, uh, Chicago State. Chicago State in a very tough series, but they came back, beat Eastern Michigan, and they beat Oakland. O- Oakland. So tell me a little bit about what what it's like to, you know, see the Ruse volleyball team just perform at another level this season. It's, uh, I think even the players would say this, very refreshing, right? Last year was a down year for the Ruse, and, you know, especially a down year under Posey, who's been so consistent uh, as the head coach in Kansas City. They were 10-21 and 21 last year, and they just lost a ton of sets. In They lost a ton of games and matches. They would have grind-out sets. They just weren't able to finish them off. They would get down 2-0, get back to 2-2, but lose the fifth set. You're yeah. seeing differences this year, and I think – you know, you look at people like uh, players like Odyssey Warren, who's a senior leader on this team now. Got to talk one, to her. She was yeah, nice. one of the most lethal players in the the conference. She goes up for a ball. It's typically getting smacked straight to the ground. Sydney Henry in her second year here. She, you know, she was playing a lot as a true freshman, and just the development is just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And you kind of see. I mean, they had some young players last year. Even someone like Blair Taylor. We didn't get a lot of playing time last year, stepping up this year, getting big, a bigger role. Being 8-1 and one without playing a home game yet is phenomenal. Yes. Carly. Carly Gillen. Leads yeah. the NCAA. She doesn't lead. She's top five in the NCAA, last I checked, in blocks per set. That yeah. is insane. We I don't think we've ever had a player be top five in the nation for many things. So Yeah, no, it's it's insanely impressive what, they're, what they've been doing. Uh, and they're not beating nobodies. I mean – Missouri State was a quality win. They got down 2 nothing in that set, came back, did a reverse sweep, got them 3-2. Eastern Michigan is not a bad team either. UT Martin is not a pushover either. These are quality teams that they're beating. And Chicago State is actually an improving team. I was talking about this with some other people before the match. Kansas City all-time volleyball is 41-6 and against them. However, Chicago State is a program that is, in, at least in volleyball, on the rise. They are not what they used to be. And clearly, I mean, they're the only team that's bested Kansas City this entire season. So and what I like to see, Christian, is that after that, they were able to bounce right back when the next two, like you mentioned. You know what's crazy? Only one team has been able, well, two teams have been able to at least get two, two set wins or more. And that's Chicago State and that's Missouri State. Everyone else from the FAU Invitational couldn't even get two wins, two set wins. On the ruse, three one, three one, three zero. It's the it's just crazy to see them perform at a level that we just haven't seen before. And I do think it starts with Odyssey, Carly, Sydney, uh, Leah. Yeah. You know, she ranks twenty seventh in the nation digs per set. The question is, can they keep this momentum going in Kansas City? Well, we'll see. I mean, like we just talked about with the men's soccer team, it. You know, it's all nice and you know to win games early in the season, but the the real challenge is the conference, right? right. The Summit League's got a lot of quality volleyball teams. You talk about teams such as Denver, the South Dakota, North Dakota State, um, Omaha is normally a pretty good squad. You know, we'll we'll see. Kansas City looks like the team to beat right now, but again, we haven't got into conference yet. It's hard to judge a team before they've played any conference opponents. But to this point, it's hard to have any complaints. They look fantastic early on in the season. 
and I look at, you know, just the overall Summit League kind of rankings point-wise and all these crazy stats, Kansas City essentially ranks top three in almost every major statistical category. I mean, they're number one right now in the league in points. They're averaging 17.78 points, and it's it's just crazy. I don't think I've ever seen a team perform this high offensively so early. But again, I just I wonder how some of the teams will respond. Yeah, I'm looking forward to their matchup with St. Louis this week uh, on Saturday. I am looking forward to see that challenge for them. It should be a very interesting match. Uh, also, that you could, of course, they play SEMO on Friday and Austin P. Um, PA, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But, uh, yeah, they do play them. I mean, Kansas City last year played St. Louis, lost in five sets, 3-2, to two, just a grind-out match. So we'll see what happens this year. I'm excited for that match. And then, um, you know, not too far after, I mean, September the 21st, it's it's conference season. Yeah, and I was going to say, speaking of conference, right now the Ruse number one at 8-1 and one with a .889 winning percentage. Love to hear that. Meanwhile, you have teams like <laughs> – you know, it seems like the the only team that is in legit, like, a threat to Kansas City right now is North Dakota State. And we've seen North Dakota State and how they've been able to perform in and out through just the Summit League. Following that, I mean, everyone else has a losing record. South Dakota, 3-5. and five. North Dakota, 3-6. and six. And St. Thomas is 3-6 and six as well. Oral Roberts and South Dakota State, 2-7. and seven. Denver and Omaha haven't even had a win this season. They're... 0-6-0-7. So it kind of feels like everything's working out perfectly for Kansas City. They don't have to worry about all these threats in terms of, you know, having a Summit League dominance. And their goal right now, if they can win, if they can win, win out, you know, do what they have to do, make, take care of business, we could see this team going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that'll come down, obviously, to, you know, later in the season when the Summit League tournament happens. But the Ruse didn't even qualify for it last year, so you know you got to at least get there first. They look like they have a great shot to do that. You bring up North Dakota State, they don't even play until October 26th, and then they play again November 9th, so you're not getting that matchup for a while. It'll be interesting to see at the time. I wouldn't be shocked if we're at that moment. When we get to October 26th, would not be surprised if it's those two fighting for the top of the Summit League this year. Yeah. It'll be a great – I'm happy that that matchup's later in the season because it'll just add so much more intensity as we wind down. Yeah, and someone that I think we should not overlook in terms of the team itself is uh, Kaya Dunford because she's also done pretty well. I mean, looking at this last game against Eastern Michigan, she had 10 kills. She did really well, and she even had 17 digs. She led the team in digs that game. I just, I'm, I'm just impressed. I think one of the biggest takeaways here is I'm impressed by the depth of this team, the leaders of this team. And even just the overall coaching, I think there's just been this mindset. There's this mindset that changed that has made this team better. And again, I'm excited to see how they do here at home. It's they're not easy teams that they're facing against. I mean, they all have their own they have their own situation, and they are all good in their own ways. But again, I just I'm wanting to see if Kansas City can at least take this momentum in Kansas City. You know, build that hype. Uh, my last question for you, Jackson, before we head to our next segment. Do you think this volleyball team will be the best team in the history, in, in the program, Oof. like all time? Yeah, yeah. Um, that is tough to say this early in the season. They've had some 
pretty good teams. I mean, you've got a last year obviously was a down year for the program, but previously before that, they've had some really good squads. I mean, I think back to the 2021 squad, they were extremely efficient, 21 and 10, 12 and 6 in the conference. You know, that this team still has to prove that they can do that, right? This team is early on in the season, they haven't gotten the opportunity to prove it yet, so they still could be the best team that they've had, but they they've got to prove it. But I I'll say this, it was the best start in program history. Yeah, you have to consider that, but you've got to think. And they went 21 and 11 in 2018. Like, this is a program that has historically been good. It's not some small feat to be the best. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm the best quarterback in the Bears history, you know, where there's (laughs) no competition. There's competition here to be Rex Roseman. (laughs) <laughs> known jay cutler supporter over here but no oh, no um, jay cutler supporter, whatever. but uh no you know like there's it's not like it's a small feat to be the best team in this program's history there's a chance there's a strong chance they could be it'll be the best season they've had since joining the summit league that i could possibly see we're just gonna have to sit we're gonna have to see it's a little too early to know i was gonna say so i'm looking at the records all time right now and obviously you know since the year 1987 haven't had many 20 win seasons Posey's had the most and all the coaches, yep. which speaks a lot about what they've done as a organization. The best team that I've seen here is 2014. They went 24-6. and six. That's, you see, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's tough to beat that. Like the Stuff like that is going to be – they have an opportunity two. to do it, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, you got to go out and earn that. You haven't – it's too early in the season to really know. It's like saying – if the Chiefs start 3-0, and is this the best Chiefs team ever? Well, I mean, that's, that's there, there's really no way to know. You know, you still have got a long time to go. So I think they have great potential. Mm-hmm. I think this could be one of the top five best seasons they've ever had. It already yep. looks like they're headed for that. Not to not to jinx anything, but no, uh, no, no, no. find the nearest wood, knock on right. the wood. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think that they have a great outlook for the season. We're just going to have to wait and see how it looks in the Summit League because right now, non-con that's about as good as it gets yeah and i was gonna say 2021 coach Posey and her team went 21 and 10 they ranked fourth they ranked fourth so again even in their best season they had really good competitors but now the doors open let's just see if they can respond so yeah well thank you guys for listening jackson thank you for coming of course my pleasure uh thank you guys for listening to the kansas city report as i will catch you guys next week and brew up